Hi girlies, charmed, how do you do? Serena Shahidi here with Let Me Ruin Your Life. I hope everyone is doing marvelously. I am, if you can't tell by my voice, um, and if I do sound different, it's because I have decided to stop being depressed and be normal instead. And I know that I say that like every week, but this time I mean it and it's going to come true. And I know that because I bought a planner. So there you go. You're welcome to you guys. You're welcome to me. You're welcome universe for staying around and being normal from now on. So here's to that. Cheers, cheers. Um, this pod, this episode of the pod, isn't going to have much of an intro because me and my dear friend Marlo talked for quite a bit, but the next episode will be solo, so make sure if you guys want advice, because I'm going to be talking about, you know, love, life, etc. You know what I mean? You know, you literally know what I mean, and I know that about you. I'm going to be talking about all that in the next episode, so make sure to contact me with all your weird, gross little problems so I know what to talk about. But this episode is with, as I stated, dear friend Marlo, who has a fabulous new novel out called Happy Hour, and I absolutely loved it and, like, highly recommend, highly recommend uh, it follows a couple girlies in the city as they attempt to get by and just have a ball doing it. It is full of femininity and witty observations and bon mots. You're going to love it. You're going to love it. Very modern, young, anti-mame meets gentlemen prefer blondes type type vibe. You get what I'm saying? She has had just a, an absolute flurry of media attention after it was published, which is so wild and exciting to see and it also means that you should get the book now and read it before any of your friends have this episode we discuss a lot of the subjects that are present in the book whether directly stated or underlying themes the ideas of like the radical act of having fun with the girlies using charm and wit and femininity as currency uh gold diggers the pursuit of glamour and of course cocktails, which is what we started off the episode by talking about. Enjoy! I've made, I think, I actually don't know what's in any cocktail, like, because I always just go out to get them, but um, I was like, what if I just mixed an Aperol, like, a, a bit of Aperol with, like, a white cloth should be fine. It's, like, basically oh. an Aperol spritz. Wouldn't Did it, it work? Yeah, it's, it's like pleasurable. I think it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what's in an Aperol spritz besides Aperol, even though I drink them regularly. I think um, gin. So, wait, I mean, oh, wait, I got, I think, I don't know. What did I get here? <laughs> I don't know what I got. Something. But anyways, I think it's like a, it's like a gin cocktail. So I feel like I'm safe. I'm safe. Love. I had a couple last night. Tee hee hee. <laughs> um, how are you? You're in Canada. Correct. I'm in Toronto right now. Yeah. Toronto. How is it? I love your art on your walls. Thank you. Um, I, it's good. I'm from here. So, you know, it's very like relaxed, especially whenever I go to New York afterwards, I'm like, I like to hide away in my apartment a little bit more. Um, and it makes it a very, I feel very like, I, I, when I got back, I was like, I have to unpack everything, send things to the cleaners. I don't want to like feel 
like New York on me right now. And then I, cause I'm going back, I'm, I'm going back like first of September for another two weeks. And so I'm like, I'm like, I have to, I was like thinking about this, these next few weeks is like, we'll talk about this later, but like my last few weeks of like true, um, not anonymity, but like just kind of like a slower pace. Yeah. And all my friends were like, what are you going to do? Are you going to relax? And I was like, I could relax or I could stir up a bunch of trouble in my interpersonal (laughs) relationships before I might not be able to like do that with impunity anymore. Like I might have fun getting some scandals. What drama are you going to stir up? I don't know. I'm, I have a, I have an appointment with an ex-suitor after this, so we'll see. Oh, exciting. (laughs) How much of an ex? How long ago? Like a long time ago, like I think 2018. Mm. So we haven't seen Mm. each other since then. He lives, he moved somewhere to teach. Like he's a philosophy professor. We'll, we'll get into it. It's a whole thing, but he. (laughs) Okay. Sexy. Um, well, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm actually so excited. I'm excited. It's so good to have you. Loved happy hour. Yeah. I love everything you're about. I was reading like, uh, some of your interviews before this as my, my research, because I'm a journalist. I love it. And I love it. I love your emphasis on just like women having fun, which is the, the theme of my life, my life. Of mission. course. I know. <laughs> like you really, you're like the, my, my core audience, I would hope. Yeah, Girl, definitely. Girls like us, girls like us, you know, I hate that. It's so funny because people are always like, what about like the, the literary world and all these things? And I'm like, Ew. it's, Give or take, like, I don't mind. I'm happy. To, I'm more happy about, like, finding the correct demographic for women who, like, have not found, like, uh, any sort of reflection of themselves in s- current media. It's just, like, it's so difficult. Like, to be honest, in some ways, like, I wrote the novel for my friends. So I was, like, so we could kind of commemorate the time. So. Oh, I love that. When, when was that time? Like, how long ago? It was, like, you were 20 or something? So it's based on the time that I am 21. So the characters are 21 in the novel. Um, but I started writing it when I was like 22 and finished it when I was 25. And then the whole, I'm 29 now, but the whole process of like trying to publish it and blah, blah, blah. It's such a oh, yeah. arduous thing. I won't bore you with the ugly details, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's like, sometimes you, it was, it, it, it's just sometimes you have to kind of, um, what I learned is that you have to sometimes wait for an industry to come to you or like kind of warm up to you. Cause it sometimes you might be too ahead of the curve, which I actually think that like with your type of, um, humor and things like that, I, I thought it was so funny because people don't really get it like uh, past a certain age. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> Or like less than a certain age. It's like you kind of have to be, yeah. I don't know. There's people who are like in on the joke and people who aren't. Yes. And I don't really care about the people who aren't. Yeah, exactly. Like, it I sucks think for that's, them. Yeah, again, like, that's what I think. It's definitely, it's so funny that you say in on the joke because I was talking to a journalist recently and I kept saying like, you know, I kept putting all these things that if you know, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to like, I'm not going to like write it out for you. If you no, then it would be like a real funny, like little Easter egg in the novel. But if you don't know, well, you're missing out. But <laughs> <laughs> so what was like your scene when you were living in New York at that age? Were you just around town with all the cool kids? LES? What was the, you know, I am, 
I'm sure that you kind of read, like I have a, I have a very funny relationship with New York. I, I've been going down there since I was like 15. So I knew a lot of the kids, you know, those kids that like grew up in New York, but they hang out um, like in Lori's side or like they like, but then they're like, oh, do you want to come over to my parents' house? And they have like their parents' yeah. houses or like lofts in Tribeca. And you're like, yes. wait a second. I thought you were just like a weird street kid, like a, a little urchin. But yeah, you're like, you're- why is your apartment disgusting? <laughs> and your parents have a house in the Hamptons. Yeah, no, I mean, it was definitely like an interesting time, especially when I was like a, a really young teenager. Cause when I was like 15 or 16, like, I don't know, like I was a wild child. Like I was kind of like, I think you you kind of meet those kids in New York that are like hanging out with like random people that are kind of mixed into a scene. And you're like, how old are you? What are you doing here? Like, where are your parents? Um, so I feel like what's funny about, I guess, that time in 2013, it's like, it's like New York is always kind of in a way it evolves, but very much stays the same. So like that, like, let's say like the downtown people, it's like, they have like these generations of downtown people that yeah. were cool in like 2008 and like, were like out at like Beatrice hotel or like they were going to like the miss shapes or whatever. And then like all of a sudden, like these new kids come in, it, this is weirdly, like, it's like a high school system. Um, so I guess when I was 21, I mean, I think at that time, what were the bars like Enid's in, in Brooklyn, like just these, these they're like skater bars or like these, um, or just like with these weird little spots in the in Lori's side. And like everyone was always going to like raise pizza still. Like it's like it's like still <laughs> a thing. And that's or, and like or like bar um or like 169 or like all these like little spots that have been there forever. Um where was the the bar I really hated was um Beverly's. Um did you know it was like that really narrow bar um like across from like like Hester Park, like Hester Is it Park. still open? They, I think they closed during the pandemic and I was honestly like, okay, thank God, it was, it was like, it was like one of those places where you went in and like all the skaters had their, um, boards like lined up on the wall and oh, it was gosh. already, it was already so narrow. So I was like, so claustrophobic. I hated it. Um, but I guess around that time, it was also like Lebin like was happening. Um, what was that place that was like, that's why it's funny now because people are still going up to the standard like and I'm like are we in 2013 oh. <laughs> like... so, you know what I just learned <laughs> I just learned earlier today that the fight between uh Solange and Jay-Z was in the standard elevator yeah I had no idea I was like I I didn't know I've stepped into history honestly incredible I wonder which elevator like the one that just goes up to like the normal thing I don't know but I guess in a way like what's funny is that like to me, like that memory of New York is so encapsulated in happy hour, but I think that still New York now is kind of still in this, like still recognizable. Yeah. You like know, the I details did... <laughs> change, but it's like the groups of people, you yeah, know, like so the, the, the downtown cool kids, they have like the same attitude, uh, but they go to different bars and very anti-glam, anti-glam. Yeah. <laughs> so what's your what's your schedule like when you're being a writer but also being like you know not necessarily like I guess kind of a party girl a hedonist still am yeah I mean okay so I guess my whole thing is that like I always tell people that I do not have the personality to be a writer I hate the <laughs> I hate to I you know I think that like there's a very certain type of um 
you know, like a, an archetype of a writer will say Mm. is that they're an introvert. They observe, um, they're, you know, they're like isolated for me. Like that's really the opposite of how I work. I, I still think that when I'm out with my friends, I'm kind of still in my process because my process is is so social. So like the way that I like really pick up dialogue or like I hear observations, it's, it's very much like just me being out in the world. And I think that that's kind of my, my little like niche that I've carved out at this point. Um, but my schedule is like, basically is that, um, I really have to force myself to sit down and write and I really hate it. My friends always like laugh because they're like, I actually can't believe that you're a writer because it's, you like are really bad at doing it. Like, I like, <laughs> cause I have to sit down and like, I don't want to. And, and mm. sometimes like tonight, for example, I'm going to, I'm with you. And then afterwards I have my possible date, whatever tomorrow I should be finishing some, you know, things that are a bit overdue past deadline, but you know, I won't let that stop me from going to, for reaching the possibility. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So are you like, when you're out and going through that social process, are you just like making observations? Are you asking people questions that might inspire you? Are you like writing in your notes app? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think maybe like a, like I don't do it like for writers. Like I truly am like a curious person. So I do talk to everyone. And I think that like, that's kind of the general, my general aura is kind of warm and welcoming. So people always talk to me anyways. Um, but like, sometimes things will stick with me. And this is the thing as I've gotten older, like now I really don't remember things that happened on a night out. Like I wake up and I'm like, I feel so innocent. I can't remember. (laughs) Um, and so I think it's just a combination. I do think that I, I know myself well enough that if something really does, um, you know, it hit some sort of note that I recognize to be um, a jumping off point. I will always, I feel like I will remember that part. Maybe not who said it, maybe mm-hmm. not like the, the true details. Of the yeah. So <laughs> I think that's been a main source of my general process. But I always say to people, it's like, it's like if you wanted to be a writer, I feel like it's so important to just be in the world anyways like that's the only way that you can really um create something that has some sort of like truth to it it doesn't have to be like real or honest but it should have like truth like kernels to to kind of for people to like understand and like kind of feel like even though it may not have happened to them they can still recognize it what's your kind of like nightlife life (laughs) like do you like to go to chill places do you like to party are you a rave girl girl. oh my god so okay my whole thing actually it's interesting because Toronto's scene has been very much oddly like really based in like a lot of techno and like house so it's like Mm -hmm. very like it's very like Berlin when I go out and I can't I'm like not at a point where I can be wearing like like a PVC outfit and then like out in this, these mucky places. I hate hate it so much. (laughs) My beef with techno, especially like being at a club, if Mm -hmm. there's music blasting to the point where like you have to yell into someone's ear to be able to speak to them, that Mm -hmm. music better be a bop. I don't want to damage my hearing with some shit that's just mm, 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 (laughs) not worth it. I'll damage my hearing with like ABBA. 
any day. I need a hook. I need a melody. Yeah. I love disco, of course. Like disco is like disco. for me the ultimate like party music. But um, yeah, no, I really don't like that scene. I really find it like so hard to find the right party to go to when it's like I really want to go out. Out. Yeah. But um, that's like the that's like the hardest part now. But I guess so I, I do like to also like hop around a lot like I used to live in England I, li- I lived in London for six years and the hardest part living there was because you can't really have that mobility like you can in like Toronto or New York because you can just like hop in a car move around in in England it's like 20 pounds to get a car so you're just like that's like $40 probably. <laughs> yeah. I'm so spoiled in New York. Even when I'm, when I'm out with my friends and they want to go somewhere else and we have to get like a 10 minute Uber. I'm like, it's not like walkable. It's not a few blocks away. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is this? I know. Like we're going to a whole different neighborhood. That's bizarre. Um, so I guess, like, okay. So my ideal thing, I've really gotten to I've been ter- so I like to in my like vicinity of my neighborhood I do have like quite a few spots that I go to I'm I've been one to um I really kind of encourage the idea of like women drinking alone going out to the bars I really like I really like to do that because again like I talk to so many people when I'm out it just like is kind of funny and also like people think it's kind of weird that you're by yourself because like let's say you're dressed up they're like are you waiting for someone and like no this is just the way I dress um so I also am just known in in my neighborhood for terrorizing the the bar staff at my local wine bars really (laughs) I love that I love going out alone honestly even though it started off from just like necessity because I have I have like a thousand acquaintances, but I have like two friends that I can just text anytime to ask yeah. what they're doing that night and it won't be weird. Like if I'm not going out with a close friend and I'm not going to a huge party, I'm going out alone. But it's, mm-hmm. I found, I don't know, I found it to be really fun a lot of the times. If you find somewhere that's chill, but also holds some possibility. I love a hotel bar. <gasps> Me uh, too. Yes, they're like a great place to to just have like a little notebook and uh, come up with some ideas. I really love a hotel bar because also like I feel like people are more open to talk. Yes, they're much more like, oh, like, hey, like, what do you what do you like? If I if I was to see I'm like, what are you uh, jotting down in your little <laughs> in your little book over there? Like, what are you reading? Um, what is, what are you doing alone here? Like, I, I think that that's kind of, it's just like the nice transient nature of a hotel. So, um, I think that's like really a key. And I always say girls, girls are messaging me that were in New York that were visiting and I had already come back home. They were like, Marlo, like which hotel bars, which hotel bars should I go to? I get asked that all the time. And I'm like, literally, honestly, location, especially people ask when it comes to like meeting guys. And I'm like, if, if you're in New York, like meet a guy in the street. They're everywhere. The street. They're all They're over the place. Species. <laughs> Truly, you don't have to go to a bar. But I do love, like, I feel like hotel bars really encourage uh, like deeper, longer form conversations in a way that mm-hmm, other mm-hmm. places to go out don't. Like if you're at a club, it's not going to get much deeper than like, what's your name? Mm-hmm, Where are you from? Mm-hmm. But you can really talk there which I like because I am very bad at talking when there's loud music playing yeah no I was I was somewhere recently and my friends were like I kind of like this younger group of people had 
invited me and this was in New York and I was like I went over and I thought it was so funny it was like what like a bottle surface club <laughs> mm, <laughs> I was like it's just gold bar oh fuck <laughs> yeah <laughs> been there <laughs> I was like this is funny like this is fun and um the kids I was with were like like yelling at me about like this drama and all these things that I was like laughing I was like oh like <laughs> to really be like involved in this is so funny and then my friends who you know are also you know they're like wine bar people they, they love yeah. like a particular type of wine they were like Marlo like I I, I think I have to go <laughs> like, and they were like this is not this is not like a expedition for me and I was like okay well I guess I'll hang out with the kids and then see I'll meet I you guess, later <laughs> I guess I'll babysit make it teach them about safe sex yeah I I think like I feel like I think too much of myself and that I'm always being like I can have fun anywhere I can talk to anyone and then I go to a bottle service club and I'm like no I can't <laughs> yeah no I mean it's definitely a certain crowd that you're like I do think of that sometimes where I, I've recently thought about how actually it's funny I was thinking about TikTok stars okay shout out to me <laughs> shout, out, shout out to you um I was thinking about like living or like being at a party with people like I don't know how to say her last name but Tana Tana Mojo I don't know I, that's how everyone Mongo. pronounces it I don't Mojo. understand why but I know it's so weird but I was thinking about like the the way the ways of like how that might be like going out on a night out with her where there's like all these like heavy dramas with people that are oh like, my god all over the place yeah <laughs> like what would that be like like and it's just it's such a particular type it's like a very surface level drama that it's could so easily stupid. I don't understand how people <laughs> I really admire her for like uh, conjuring up that much drama, like, you know, getting all that publicity, but I'm like, how do you have the energy for that? I know it's, it's sometimes to me like so shocking. And I'm like, but it's also the kind of drama that can, that like, you're like fighting over this very loud music is what I'm, I can only imagine like, what is <laughs> that the scene? Like a nightmare. <laughs> and you know, they're like coked out. Yeah. Like they're course. not doing that in the right state of mind. It's, <laughs> I mean, I've met like, I don't know, bottle service club type influencers. And I'm like, I really admire this. I love it in theory. I never mm -hmm. want to hang out with you again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I know. I support you. I support you. I support your endeavors, but no, I will, <laughs> I will see myself out. <laughs> I saw at public uh, a bit ago, I saw the guy who like, the straight guy that James Charles went to, to Coachella. And it was like, I hate oh that God. this is like the first celebrity I've recognized at a club. Oh my God. Oh my, when I was in New York, like even, yeah, like, like two weeks ago, I, I, there was one night that I saw so many people off TikTok and I was like, so like, and I kept being like, and because, okay, I, I honestly think that I'm like the only person over like 27 that truly like understands the app or something. I don't know. It feels very like weird and like, I, I don't understand, like, um, I had to, I wrote a whole essay on TikTok before and for the baffler and like, I find it so interesting as like a, as a form and I'd love to think, like, talk about your experience with it later. But, um, no, I saw, do you know, um, the guy who works at TikTok, but also is a TikTok star. 
it's Pistol Paul. Like he's really cute. Pistol but he, Paul. I but need to, like that 30, sounds so familiar. But he's Wait, like is 30, he the guy 30. who showers? No, that's, I know who that is. Yeah, I know, I know all the straight boys on TikTok. I like, I have like, I know them all. I have all my tabs open. I'm like, okay, like this one. And I sometimes I get worried for them because I see how their behavior is spiraling. And I'm like, who is checking in on these TikTokers? Oh, I saw him at a party. Wait, <laughs> uh, I saw him at a party. And I literally like glanced in his direction because him and his friends were being really loud. Uh, this is a call out, Pistol Paul, was Pistol it? Pistol Paul. <laughs> Pistol Paul. I half glanced on that side of my vision. And he was like, um, oh my God. Like him and his friends started pointing at me and my friends and being like, <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, what? And he goes, do you recognize me from TikTok? I'm like, no, motherfucker, what? <laughs> oh my God. Does he recognize you from TikTok? That's the question. What do you mean? I know. I, I feel like they, they must have known. They must have known. No, I don't think so. Because they were asking like me and my friends if we recognize them. And I was like, girl, no. <laughs> Are we in LA all of a sudden? Did we teleport? Like, how did this happen? <laughs> That's so weird. It was like, uh, it was, do you know NYU girls on Clubhouse? NYU girls roasting tech guys? Okay, I know about this, yes. Yeah, they threw a party, which was very, very fun, actually. Open bar. Love that. I did make out with the bartender, full disclosure. We love a bartender. Like. <laughs> I really, I, I had like the New York gay cold that night. And I literally think mm -hmm. I spread it to the straight community. Cause it went from the, cold, you. the gay cold to like the cold everyone has. And I was like, <laughs> I made out with a lot of people that night. I think that was me. I think that was my work famously. I love that. Honestly, <laughs> at, you know what? Super spreader in like a, in like a actually like to get a cold, a cold. It's nice because then yes. you know, you're building a resistance for when they have a cold in the winter, really. Exactly. So you saw him <laughs> at the club. Mm-hmm. And then I saw um, this girl who does specifically like these videos about like where to go out in New York. And, but like, she was like a friend of my friend. Do I know her? I don't know. What's her Eva name? Eva Evans. Eva Evans. Eva Evans. It's Eva Evans. Anyways, but like, I was being so obnoxious and like, because I think it's so funny. Like, I think it's just hilarious. Like I saw her at Paul's Casablanca and she always posts about how Paul's Casablanca is her favorite place. And I was like, it's crazy how they're all in the places that you'd think they'd be. Like, that's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> she was like, so like, oh, and I was like, you're wearing the IMG skirt that you didn't want to get. <laughs> <laughs> that's she, so funny. And then she saw me later at the, um, at like this like after party in the loft. And I think she was like, how did this crazy woman <laughs> get in here? <laughs> she didn't know I like that though I think it's really funny because I have a TikTok but I and I do post but did I tell you I people are always like what is this bad imitation of glam demon 2004 you're doing I I always get tagged in those just with random girls of like <laughs> this is like a bad glam demon 2004 impression and 
uh, it annoys me, but I'm also like, at least, you know, in another world, I could be getting the comments that's like, oh, this is like a bad at whoever impression. So I'm like, at least people think that I'm the one being copied. <laughs> it's just funny because I was like, I kept, I like, I always, my favorite thing too is like, um, on TikTok, like, I love fighting with the kids. It's so funny. Like, I really oh like, think it's hilarious. I can't because I'm like too mean. Oh, you know, but like, I think it's funny <laughs> because they're like, because they think that like, if you have like not a lot of followers, you're like really like not a person. So yeah. like, I was like, I remember I was complaining. I was talking about how um, like, it's so embarrassing with Instagram influencers when they pivot to video because they like really lack a certain type of personality yeah. or like charisma. And these girls were like, why the negativity? Why? Like, who are you? Like, are you trying to be an influencer? I'm like, uh, honey, like, I don't know what you're talking about. I was like, I've pinned the 4,000 word essay I've written about this. So feel free to read. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It is weird how like those kids think, and not just in the way of like, uh, they think social media is everything, but it's like, they really do think that like, if you have no followers, you're irrelevant. And if you have a ton, you're like a millionaire. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. It's, it's so weird to explain that, like, you know, especially with social media influencers, the only ones who are making money are the top ones yeah. and the ones who know how to leverage their platform. Like if you have you know, like marketing, PR experience or connections. Um, but everyone else, like I know plenty of people with millions of followers who are making zero cents. Yeah. And I also think it's interesting because like they, I think we've never lived in a time where so many people are kind of famous, Yeah. right? Like that's never happened before. And I think that people forget that when you might be known, but you don't have the resources to protect yourself, like for your own privacy. Oh, like, yeah. They're like, oh, well, like, why are you in the public eye then if you can't handle like this and this and this? And it's like, well, like, it's kind of, yeah, like, you like, don't have that kind of protection anymore. I'm not signed to a music or like a movie studio. I'm yeah. like, this isn't golden age Hollywood. I'm just some bitch who started posting videos online. Like I didn't sign a contract. I think that's, yeah, that's super weird. And it is just weird to like, I don't know, there was a certain point where I was, um, I mean, I'm still broke, but like there was a point where I was like literally living in that like illegal nine bedroom uh, Tribeca apartment and mm -hmm. getting recognized in public. And I was like, this mm -hmm, is such mm -hmm. an interesting dynamic that I like live in a room without a window, mm -hmm. which now I have a window. It does face a brick wall, but it's a I'll window <laughs> um, and I'm like getting recognized. It's weird. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I wonder about that because, you know, I think for me the book has been out in Canada for like a year. And like, I think that like, by the time like this podcast comes out, like all of my press will come out and it's going to be like a whole thing, but I do get recognized still. Um, because also like, I think that if you're like a certain type of person, like you would kind of know, you kind of like fall in these like kind of circles. So like you might yeah. have heard my name or whatever, whatever. And so that's like very classic, but it's interesting to be in a situation where you are getting recognized that people are being like, hi, like, and it's this, oh, like, I don't know what you have, like your DMs look like, but people are very like, I think like the process of reading a book is so enveloping that they really feel um, like they know you and yeah, parasocial relationship yeah very yeah. much about you know that's like my first time like dealing with it and I think it's definitely gonna get worse 
<laughs> but, um, you know, like people will message me, like sometimes be like, I like scroll to the bottom of your Instagram to like, find out if it was like, if I could like match up, um, like real events with like your book and all these things. And I'm like, you could have just like done that, but like not told me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, sometimes I'm like, okay, like you're clearly insane, which is, and I love that. And so am I. And that's the reason you know who We're I connecting, am. Yeah. But you know, like I don't necessarily, uh, I guess I do announce it. I don't message it. <laughs> that's the difference. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the key. Do you like, okay. Yeah. Because I, I like do respond and I always like, like this message and like, whatever, but I don't know. Like, I think at this point, like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do that anymore. Like, I feel like it mm. needs to be boundaries, boundaries yeah. need to be set. Yeah. At a certain point, it's like, you can't really respond to everything, but okay. As for like the books you've read, what has like influenced you the most? Like whether it so, comes to your writing mm-hmm. style or just like life. Right. So, I mean, for me, I think that like, I've always been like really into, again, like the golden age of Hollywood, like uh, pre-code cinema. Um, I've, you know, a lot of like women writers, I primarily read women. And like, actually the funniest thing is that when I am out with men, I'm always like, I only read women and they get like, it's like the best test to see how they react. Mm. (laughs) I highly suggest it. And it's not even on purpose. It's just, I have like so little time in my life. Like, am I going to read all the books by like all the men? I'd much prefer to have a very niche, um, little circle so you know I read a lot of um I love Jean Reese I love um the book is very much heavily influenced by Anita Lose's Gentlemen Prefer Blondes so like the the film originally was a book so very you know and I love the idea of like kind of like not even feisty like very like wisecracking yeah women who like rise the ranks that's always like been a like something that really like fascinates me so and you know like very like we can talk also about like very classical stuff like Edith Warden but then also like when we come up like into like the um 60s and 70s it's like Rona Jaff and a lot of these writers like who have these very stylized voices who were um you know women writers were and if their work was humorous it was often like you know forgotten and like we, I think it's really important um, as we like kind of get into this age of like of the internet where, we, and I'm sure you notice this as well, is that the way that people like pick and choose things without like understanding that there's like a lineage to it or like a history behind it. Um, like that to me is very important to preserve. So like when I'm talking about like old Hollywood, like I'm I'm very aware of like when I'm writing that this all comes from like a history of these kinds of archetypes and women of the past. So like when we talk about flappers, we can talk about geishas, um, we can talk about the, this kind of like the old idea of like a courtesan or like all these things where women are very, um, they have to use their feminine wiles to really, you know, like again, like, secure themselves if for a kind of life that they've wanted and so yeah like in terms of that like that's kind of been my main um kind of pool of influences and it was you know like I obviously have the, the book is like very stylized and I think that like a lot of people when they're reading it it's like they haven't really read something like that in a con- from a contemporary writer in a long time and I think you know I just want to be able to like m- 
like have people really kind of understand that it's like when we think of something as being new, it often comes from this like really long history. And that's to say with like trends and fashion and whatever, like I always find it interesting. I also think it's just the fact that like we also don't have that kind of um like we don't really have magazines anymore, like mm-hmm. really like magazines that you would grow up with and like cut out and like read these articles about like, you know, like uh, fashion history or all these things or and what is happening, what the trends and where they come from. It's just like, I think that we now, like, I think we're used to like looking at these apps and just like liking images for what they are and not really understanding the significance of them. Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, And what I love about uh, Happy Hour and like a lot of those works that have inspired you is the idea that you've, that I've read you, I've read you talk about, um, you know, interviews um, (laughs) that you have talked about of like, you know, femininity and using that to move up in the world and being witty and charming and using that as a form of currency as opposed to just, you know, like being born rich or or marrying or whatever. And I feel like that's kind of something that's so understated now as something that's valuable, but I feel like it's more valuable now than ever. Yeah. And I think that also like we, we think of it as like really frivolous and like we've been taught to think of it as like, um, you know, just something that like, like women interests, like, like also, also to kind of, um, when we t- let's let's have the example of the gold digger, for example, it's like the idea that like, oh, very materialistic, um, vain, frivolous, all these things. But like, really, when you think about like a gold digger, often that they come from like, um, you know, like a very unsec- insecure like um, situation. Like, and the reason why they want to marry like someone who's rich is because they want to be able to have security and also have like a kind of um, like gain back a power that they feel like they were never had access to. And so when we kind of villainize these archetypes of women, um, it often becomes very, uh, you know, then we, we kind of make fun of, you know, femininity in so many ways and like everything that is attached to that because we think of women as like tricksters or like whatever, like they're trying to trick Mm -hmm. you into something. Um, And that's what I really love about your own humor too, because I think it's very feminine and um, based on like wit and, you know, like when we've had, when we look at like a lot of female like comedians in the past, Mm -hmm. they, they, especially in the nineties and the two thousands, like they really wanted to do like um, a woman's version of boy humor. Yeah. Which I think is like, not, it's, it's like, of course you can do it, but I don't think it's ultimately what is um, funny to women. Like, I don't want to, I don't think that it's, interesting I think that when you're trying to be very like <laughs> like I don't know like yeah, like, like very, body like, humor sexual, very yeah uh, like crude and also, like, like self-deprecating and I I just hate I mean one of the things that I set out to do uh kind of like not even consciously when I started posting on the internet was like I don't want to do self-deprecating humor which also isn't that isn't really something I do day to day anyway, but it's like, I'm so tired of women, their only representation as funny people being like, oh, I'm so disgusting. Mm -hmm. I'm so worthless. Like it's, 
I don't like that. I don't think it's funny. I don't think it's charming over it. And I was like, I want to uh, kind of play around with things that are not that. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that like, um, you know, we like, there's so much for women to punch up about, like to really like make fun of and do all these things. And you can be really clever about it. And I actually think that like what's missing in like a lot of like these like straight male comedians is because they can't, they can't to punch up is to really punch up at themselves. So they don't, they don't know what to do. So like, that's why they always have these issues, like where they're like, they're like making fun of minorities or something. It's like, you have to kind of switch your thinking in a way like to be able to really like be funny in this world. And I think that like, um, I would hope to see more and more of this like feminine humor coming, coming up and like, (laughs) you know, movies and things like that. Because I think that, I don't know, I feel like a lot of people like have underestimated people's like want for that. I feel like what I also loved about the book was that it really contributed uh, in a certain way to like, single girl media Mm -hmm. Uh, like in the same way that it started off with characters and figures like uh you know like Helen Gurley Brown Sex and the Single Girl Mm -hmm. or like uh Mary Tyler Moore and that kind of stuff and then it kind of evolved into like Carrie Bradshaw and all that and I think what we're what we're missing now and what I'm glad you wrote about because it is kind of taboo it's just the idea of like a woman being more in touch with her feminine side and being charming and having fun as opposed to like all this girl boss shit that we've been taught that we have to do, that we have Mm -hmm. to be like men. We have to like, you know, be physically strong and be CEOs. And it's like, well, you know, some of us are going to do that, but some of (laughs) us just want to be like socialites. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I also think that like what the, you know, again, like I always think of like, my I don't want to work (laughs) that's my worst nightmare and I think like that's like very clear in my characters too like they want to be able to work just enough to be able to have their lifestyle and I think that with um when we think about like these like what options that we've set out for women is like okay like well you can either have like this very domestic life or you can have like this career yeah but very so few of our options are really about like something that men have been doing for like centuries is that this really like kind of um finding your identity and like really like making your life an art um and that is kind of like you know like some people are just like more suited to that anyways and and, you know I always try in my work that like I I never want a relationship to be a destination like I don't think that that's you know interesting or useful I think it's more just like when we think about um kind of even if it is like sex and city let's say like you know you have these periods of times when they're with like these these people but like you don't really I know that they kind of often, they, they are very much like yearning for this like answer because they're so tired. But I think what's interesting of is like, what is making them so tired is like, is like to be existing as like a very feminine woman. That's exhausting. So I understand when people are like, okay, like an answer is to find love in a final type of relationship. And this like a long-term relationship, whatever, like that's the answer to her problems that will like let her relax. But 
you know, there is also like the, that precursor to that where it's also like, oh, but like, what if, you know, no one's actually looking for love. Like everyone just like these women just want adventure. And like, that's just to like find more experiences and like get to know different people and, and learn about themselves through other people. And that to me is like so much more um, interesting. And there's so much more sustenance to that than like these other stories. But again, like what sells is often like this very neatly tied up story of like very like six, like, you know, like success, like rising ranks of like a corporate ladder or like, you know, like finding love or like, you know, finding some sort of fulfillment in family. Um, and I would hope that like people, it, cause it's not only the fact that like, we don't have people writing these stories. It's really just the fact that like, you know, people don't want to see these things made or they won't give money to those situations or they won't publish them. I feel like people think it's not empowering uh, to see a depiction of a woman unless she's like working 80 hours a week and taking care of her nine kids. And it's like, well, that's not empowering at all to make a woman do that. Like, I, I don't know. I think women should have the the ability to express themselves and explore themselves above their career or above their family in the same way that men are able to, whether that involves like, you know, not working, marrying, uh, you know, just taking random jobs, whatever that is, I think it's all worthy. I always think of like, uh, whenever I think of my dream job and like, ultimately I do want to work like I want to I mean I more want to like be something than do something <laughs> you know what I mean yeah yeah I want to like be an icon you know not necessarily like work um but I always think of like David Schwimmer's ex-wife because she she literally like just embroidered Tupac lyrics onto vintage lingerie and oh, I always loved that because I was like what was it called I don't even know if you just look up like David Schwimmer's ex-wife vintage lingerie but I was like yeah I love that she has the freedom to do some stupid shit like that that's what I want in life the ability to just embroider lyrics on lingerie yeah just like do like have a whim and fulfill it like that just seems like the dream Um, but I would also say in addition to like those, those narratives, like, um, work and family, like we also have like the trauma narrative, which Mm -hmm. is like, you know, like made such a huge impact the last, like, you know, I would say like five, six years, um, where, you know, where we like start talking about all how hard it is to be a woman, like sexual violence, all these things. And, you know, yes, of course that is a factor that's always a factor in life but you know there are other things that we can talk about that are that are much more like life affirming and whatever and I I think it has something to do with people's like fear that it won't sell blah 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 like nothing happens to these girls whatever and that that was like a a lot of criticism that happened with my novel like when we first tried to sell it in like 2017 was like publishers were like well nothing really happens to them like I feel like they'll be fine like that I'm like okay but like so it's like (laughs) exactly it's like it's like we've had so many of these like young um like coarse male character novels where you know they're just like going through these adventures and like I'm sure I'm sure they were fine I didn't read them but I'm sure they were fine (laughs) no those are like standard novels and it's so (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy to me and I hate that people are so like thirsty for this trauma porn 
And there's something irreverent about just being like, this is a story about these girls who are like, yeah, they went through life, but they were like witty and fun. <laughs> and they didn't aim to just like throw themselves off a bridge or something. And I hate when men are very much just like, women, women are so insecure, like you're so broken. And it's like, no, like you're just the worst. And women can be fulfilled and be complicated and, you know, not necessarily be totally happy, content people with perfect lives, but also not be whatever, like, I don't know. I have to tell you something funny that happened to me when I was on a date in New York. It was you like, tell. actually, <laughs> so I had a few bad dates. Actually, there was one day I went on that the guy, the moment I sat down, he was like, wanted to take a photo of me to post on Instagram. <laughs> what <laughs> yeah it was fucking weird I, I was like can I just have a cocktail first this is so weird um but then I went on a different day it was all very bad I, I didn't have a good time I was honestly like okay so like now I see the theme of the trip is very much like the men are over it's really just like literary fame now <laughs> we just have to like think about it like that um but then the other day I went on I was trying to explain like you know it how it is kind of difficult to date in terms of like being who like my own personality in terms of like my uh, I guess like how men perceive my career and all these things it's like all very threatening I guess mm -hmm. um but this man was like well maybe it's because you come off so forward and I was like what and he was like it may it, it like I maybe they think it's like you're insecure and I was like how does that make any sense because I'm forward I seem insecure and I was like, I'm really not insecure about anything. So like, it can't be that. <laughs> yeah. Men love the idea of you being insecure. I hate it. Yeah. It's like, okay. If, if you're that into it, go find an insecure girl. Like they're everywhere. No. And that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know, like if they think I'm insecure, that would actually maybe attract them to me because when you're an insecure person, like people often feel like <laughs> people often feel like you can, um, you can have power over that person more easily. Yeah. And that's, like, that's like an attractive thing for men often. So, yeah. Know. I mean, I always tell like my friends when they ask for dating advice, I'm like, don't like, don't be vulnerable. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't because it's like, it is that serious to the point where like, you know, if you are vulnerable, men will take advantage of that. And it's like, okay, like what is even the appeal of telling a guy your deepest insecurities on a first date? You think he's going to help? He doesn't <laughs> give a fuck. He's Not like writing that down and being like, all right, let me go on a second date with this girl. She'll let me like get away with yeah. that. No, it's okay. So I did this one talk once and I was talking about how um, it was kind of a lecture where I was talking about how for me, like my pursuit of glamour is very much um, like very unsuitable to dating, like basically incompatible. And How's at the, I just think that like at the end of the day, like glamour is the glamour in itself, like you imagine it. And it, if you have glamour, you're very much alone. Like, I don't think you're ever like, you're on a different kind of level and a yeah. different precipice mm. and I think that other people have and and also like the 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 drudgery of dating is so terrible that you know it puts you in these situations where you're like 
talking about the check and it's like absolutely not like I can't be bothered with this this is be beneath me entirely oh my god yeah (laughs) Um, I hate I honestly hate when people even bring that up when girls are like what do I do when the check comes I'm like that is not a thing that's it's not none of thing. my business about the check. Ex- it's not the my check business. is not coming to me and it never will. <laughs> All right, so continue. <laughs> um, but I guess the, oh my God, wait, I lost my train of thought. Go back. You're doing the lecture about. Oh yes. At the end, during the Q&A, the one man that asked me a question said a bit of like a, a bit of a, this is a comment, not a question. <laughs> He was basically like, he was like, do you think you'd be more successful in your dating life if you showed more vulnerability in front of a packed group of like a, a like sold out room? I'm picturing you just pulling out a gun. <laughs> I was like, I think I was so also you would love this because I had had four glasses of wine previous to this on an empty stomach. And I literally... <laughs> I was okay. I had, I was wearing this, um, my Vivian Westwood suit that is actually the same suit that Carrie wears in her, in her oh drunk, and vo- drunk at Vogue, um, episode, but it, mine is powder blue and hers is like gray, but like, I'm wearing this suit. I, it was so funny because I had wiggled up on stage in the pencils and I was like, doo, doo, doo. and I was like, with the microphone, and I, I, apparently this is what I, I was just like, no. And anyways, any, any, man that shows vulnerability is probably faking it so it's true it's true no literally I hate because you know by the idea when he says like would you be more successful in dating he just means like uh, would the average guy I don't know would you get more texts back or whatever the fuck yeah yeah yeah. and it's like yeah but they would all be from emotional manipulators like it's good to weed those people out it really is what's your philosophy when it comes to dating is it like to have fun is it like filter them out as I've gotten older it's very much like trying to have because like going on a date is such an investment of time it's like like I don't know, like what, what, how long do you think dates last? I think like two and a half hours, three hours. Yeah, I would say like actually exactly that. Yeah. Yeah. So like you're doing this whole thing and like sometimes for me, like I definitely know that like I do, I'm not like sometimes, you know, when you, when the man sits down and he doesn't look like his photos, you're like, Mm. okay, I'm stuck here now for like two and a half to three hours. So let's see how this works. Um, I always just like to like really just I like get to know them and kind of I also really like to know what I don't like about someone. I think it's really important oh, yeah. to, to like to really uh, as much as you want to know what you like about someone, you should also really find out what you. So don't what are your like someone. pet peeves or red flags? When men really like really value and need um, attention from women without necessarily like like thinking how much of a strain it is on the woman. Like I find that very stressful. I used to date the guy who had like so many women friends, but all of them were like in love with him, but he kept being like, no, we're just friends. And I'm like, how can you not see when a woman's like, oh, like you have, we, I feel like you've been really distant recently. And it's like, only someone who is romantically like is, also like, those poor girls <laughs> I know those poor girls so like for me I was I just like really don't love that I think also like um one is just being very like easily aggravated 
Mm. which I don't like. I find that that's, it's kind of like a scary sign. You're like, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I also find that like when guys who the one of my worst red flags is when you have like this very quiet guy who's seemingly very nice, but then you kind of see when he gets really, really mad about something and it's like a total like flip of the switch. Yeah. That to me is like so terrifying. Like I would rather date an asshole that showed me his true colors like right away. An open asshole. Like an (laughs) open asshole. Yeah. Wide open. And I think that's like a main thing, but like, I don't know. I I'm, I'm sure you must kind of have a similar situation where sometimes maybe men are like a little bit intimidated. Yeah. I mean, I don't <laughs> like, I definitely am not into like aggressive guys or anything like that. Um, I mean, lately I've been realizing that my number one pet peeve or red flag is just I mean, I've dated a lot of like basic finance dudes, which is fine. I mean, I've had like my best and worst experiences with them because mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. just kind of New York. You know, there is no like there's so many of them that there is no like one experience. It's like but... an episode of Succession or something. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I think like if you're going to be like that, be self-aware. Yeah. Because I've dated some guys who are like that, who are like, oh, like, you know, did a bunch of blow with the Jane last night. I know that's just like what guys like me do. And I'm like, OK, I appreciate that you're like at least self-aware. That doesn't yeah. mean anything in the grand scheme of things. But like it does mean something to me, mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. like some guys and I want to I want to do like a TikTok a skit on this. That's like POV. You're on a date with a finance guy who did acid once. Uh <laughs> Where it's just like guys who think that they're enlightened and think that they're special and different when mm-hmm. they're so predictably a part of the corporate world. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where like I went on a date with a guy the other night and like, God bless him. He was very sweet. He was very, very sweet. Like, but I can't see going on a second date with him because he was just like, oh, I, I don't know. I've always felt this like wanderlust, like I, I <laughs> not wanderlust. I took six months <laughs> off of work to go backpacking in Europe. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker. Every finance guy took six, <laughs> six months off of work to backpack in Europe. That's because you have a trust fund. It's not because you're special. And you know, I just the things he said that were like, oh, I read this book and it changed my life. And this was like my eat, pray, love moment. And I'm like, you live in Fidei. Like, can you at least, can you be like, give me a pinch of self-awareness here? Cause I feel like I'm in SNL sketch. Yeah, no, I think the best kind of financial type of man is the one that knows that he's the money guy. Yes. That's important. He's like, oh, like this artist wants to meet me because like they have new workout. It's like, oh, it's cause I'm the money guy. And it's, I shouldn't be offended by that. I I'm a patron to the arts, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I I love guys who are just like, uh, even when they don't know, you know, my brand yet. And they're like, oh, OK, <laughs> I, I feel like I have enough disposable income for you for now. But like, we'll right. see. I'll have to get a raise at some point. And I'm like, I love that you know what I'm about. Yeah. It and it's also a good sign if they're not villainizing someone that they might like going back to the gold digger thing that they might see as a gold digger. Because mm-hmm. I think it's it, it, gold diggers are such a like modern, hyper modern, hyper American concept where it's like no one 
I know that's not like Gen Z or millennial American. None of them are at all bothered by the idea of a woman who wants to settle down with a man who has money. They're like, of course. Yeah. But there's such a stigma for some reason. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. with young people here and it's like it does it literally does not make any logical sense well it's that interesting um divide right it's like either like when there's a large age gap and the woman's quite young if the man isn't too old they're like oh like the woman's being groomed or whatever this is the thing but then when the man is like really mm. old then like the, it's like you're taking advantage of this poor old man <laughs> and i'm always like what is the age that this is like switching like what is like the age gap that really gets people um it's yeah, so no, weird. Find- no, sometimes on twitter <laughs> i'll see like the craziest things of like if you're a 23 year old man and you go after a 22 year old girl you're a pedophile and i'm just like i know All right, maybe i should I close know. this up i know <laughs> no the, the funniest one that was like oh, like men who like petite women are pedophiles. And I'm like, okay, so like, if I'm like 40, if one day I'm like 45 and just because I'm five, three, he's, I'm just like, oh, this is what we're talking about. It's, it's just like the oh leaps, my God. Yeah. The leaps and bounds. The leaps. <laughs> By people who so are like funny. so young, way too young to understand relationship dynamics. I guess just to, to go back to the dating situation, like the rules of dating, this kind of like thing that I would say is that I find even when you're kind of very forward about that and there isn't a huge age gap, men are like respond in such a way that is so negative. And it's like, you have, for me, I've always had to be like, let me, do you want me to like, really, should we like open up our bank accounts right now? Really compare, <laughs> should we compare to see, who should be paying for this or like the for me it's like really funny because they're always like ever since I was very young the whole thing is that they really want you to say like thank you I feel that sometimes when I have to say thank you it comes out very not authentic (laughs) and is it worse I literally didn't realize that I did the same thing until now (laughs) Cause I, I literally went on a date last night. He uh, like, you know, when he paid the check, I was like, thank you. <laughs> Cause it's so like, I don't know, but it's, it's better to do that. And like, you know, say thank you on some bullshit than to like, so many of my friends are like, oh, but you pretend to reach for the check. Right. And I'm like, do, no, what, what no. mental illness do you think <laughs> I have that I'm pretending to reach for a check? Like some uggo. No, you have to. And Algo shouldn't even reach for the check. I honestly think that I, I wrote this in the book, and I I really live by this. I always go excuse myself to the loo, like when the check comes. (laughs) I always like go, and then by the time I'm back, the man is like with my coat, and he's like up Mm. already, and I'm like, oh, like we can go, (laughs) like, and it's not. I love that. Honestly, I feel like I take some enjoyment in just like the check comes and I just like stare at him. You don't move. You're just like, yeah, no, I've never, (laughs) I've never, ever understood my friends who are like, I don't know. Don't you feel the need to like crack a joke or at least offer to pay? And I'm like, no, I literally, I just look at them. And like I once, afford to once pay. they put the card down, I'll give them like a slight sarcastic smile. Like sometimes you're just literally like, I can't put this on my card anyway. So I don't know what no, these people want from me. <laughs> oh my God. I hope that like people really do 
move a little bit out of their puritanical ideas on these dating yeah. rules. I can't. Uh, people are so like, and I feel like things like that of like, oh, you have to reach for the check is so, and I'm, I'm never going to be the first one to be like, oh, you have to be authentic during dating. Cause I feel like people like that are, you know, the people who are like exposing their trauma on the first date who are just being purposefully dense, but I don't know if you're if you're that insecure that you can't even be authentic with like who you want to pay for the first date, then like that's not that's not it. Okay, wait. I have a I have a question about finance, guys, from your experiences in New York, because I've always thought <laughs> I've always thought that because like in comparison to like other cities, New York actually has this kind of pressure for wealthy people to seem cultured. So like a lot of these people tend to like want to seem, you know, learned in a way. So I, I feel like in different cities, like definitely not. Like these guys are just like, whatever, like do blow. And then that's it. <laughs> just like go home to their like shoebox, like not even sometimes shoebox, like gray condos and, like, yeah. and just like have their like, like send their suits to be freshly steamed. But I feel like in a way in New York, there is this pressure for, I think especially finance guys, because there are so many of them that they have to, they feel the need to distinguish themselves. Mm -hmm. So they get really into like stuff. They get really into like collecting. (laughs) They get really into stuff. They get really, they get really into collecting furniture or like getting art or doing these things. Or sometimes, sometimes even like, um, I think this is what I wanted to talk about before. One of my red flags is like, they get so into health that it's like, Oh yeah. So scary. That's actually okay, one of my I biggest so much red to flags. Say about all this. Okay. First of all, <laughs> um, I think it very much depends on the dude as far as like how old he is and like what, where he came from. Cause I think a lot of guys when they're like 22 and they just got out of school and now they're working Uh, at Goldman, their first thought is like, oh, girls are going to be so impressed by this. Like, I don't need to do anything like, Mm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and then they realize like, oh, it's not 1987 anymore. Girls don't like, I mean, girls like finance guys, but like most girls don't prefer a finance guy over another type of guy. If Mm -hmm, given the chance, mm -hmm, if they mm -hmm. were like, you know, equal amounts of demographics in New York City. Um, Like an architect or something. Yeah. And also there's so many, there's so many guys in New York that are like much richer than some like Goldman analyst and do things that are actually interesting. Like they, they're a founder, they, you know, have a a major role at a startup or something like that. So I think, you know, when they first come to New York, they first get in finance, then they're not into anything. And they kind of think that that's enough, but then you know, they, they have to change at some point. Um, and I also think it depends on like, you know, are they working on a major bank? Are they at a hedge fund? Where are they from? I feel like uh, not to stereotype, Jewish guys are always more like cultured. Mm-hmm, they're they're mm-hmm, always mm-hmm. more interesting, like with, with love. I say that with love. I don't know. I like, I definitely like guys just in general who have more interests outside of just their work I always ask my go-to like first date question not necessarily like the first question but at a certain point I ask like what is your most niche interest 
Ooh, and for okay. me, I, when I ask that, I am hoping for the most niche interest possible. I am hoping that they answer with like the name of a war that I didn't even know happened. Okay. The date I went on the other night, I asked that question. He said, meditation and cooking. So like, as in tandem, like at the same time. <laughs> I love that. Like those were his niche interests. And I'm like, those are okay. not niche. Most people like either do those regularly or have mm-hmm, done mm-hmm. them. But yeah, I love guys who are just like, I don't know, they're into like model trains or some shit. Something. Oh yeah, up. totally. Yeah. Health guys are the worst. So scary. I don't understand the obsession. It's always some weird diet, some weird theories. They're always reading books about it. And it's like, if you're wasting your life. There's so many books out there. There's so That's much so fiction and poetry and theory. And you're choosing to read about keto. Are you no, no, sick no, no, no. in the head? <laughs> but the thing is, is that, isn't it? I find it like a very, um, like a, again, not to generalize, even though we have been the whole time. Love it. Um, I find that men often when they have an interest, they always want to like nerdify it or like optimize themselves. Like they're like, how do I have like the top, the technically top kind of denim? <laughs> how do I get this denim? Like, what is the, what is the technical terms that I need to know so that I know that I'm getting the best Japanese denim on the market? It has to have selvage or whatever, whatever. Like, like, little, like these little like geeky like things with their bodies. They're always like, how can I optimize this for the best performance that I can do all the time? Like if I eat this and like the da, 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 I'm like, this sounds to me like a little bit like disordered eating. Like, not, yes, I don't know. It's just like, like, it's wasted. Like... like the obsession with lengthening your lifespan. I'm like, okay, but you're wasting your life drinking these fucking supplements all goddamn day. That's that I thing don't that they understand always do. That like, pro- like the protein when they eat the protein in the morning. That's so weird. I can't. It's like, <laughs> it's like, gotta get my protein da, 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 and then I'm gonna oh have my like, God. The, like time when their next meal is oh the, 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 the beep goes off and you're like I have to go I have to go there eat. is no world in which I would spend my one life meal prepping chicken and broccoli and anyone That's who does eat all the time is a like always the thing. freak and needs mental health help <laughs> expeditiously oh my god no okay I'll tell you this story uh, my friend bumped into this guy that she used to date on the street and he was carrying like a few, like a, like a pizza. And he's like, Oh, like, Hey, like I had a pretty um, tough bike ride today. So I'm just like about to carb up. And she still had him on Strava, which I guess is like an app that like tracks your like distance you've gone. And she like went to check after she saw him, um, the Strava app to see like his like tough bike ride, Serena, he had been biking for 11 hours, (laughs) 300 like miles or something. Serena's mouth is open, wide open, (laughs) jaw to the floor. (laughs) 
how is that possible? I literally just thought, like, for some reason, saliva started uh, creating no, itself. In my it's mouth not okay. Imagine if what he would be like without that 300 mile bike ride. Like, would he be a killer? Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I always exactly. I'm like, that's what I always is, to think about. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely think that like exercise is necessary. And I try to, I get my Richard Simmons <laughs> workouts in, <laughs> which is literally like what I believe in. That's like my fad diet. I'm like, we all need to be doing like 80s cheesy workouts. Yeah. Because like, it, honestly, if a workout isn't fun, it's useless. Unless yeah, you're like absolutely. an Olympian. Um. But yeah, I, I mean, I definitely think it's necessary. I'm not one of those people who, who doesn't. But if you have to go for 11-hour bike rides, maybe there's something deeply, fundamentally wrong with you as a person. You know. <laughs> like, also, you in terms of, like, age and whatever, that's hard on, on a man's, like, package. <laughs> I'm just saying it might be difficult. Is that for true? Yeah, it's difficult. It's it, it's bruising. It's bruising. Yeah. I I don't. Uh, uh, <laughs> Lost for words. Lost for <laughs> But like finance guy exercise philosophy. I don't get because I'm like, OK, yeah, sure. You'll like you might live longer. No, they won't because they do a bunch of cocaine. <laughs> you know hypothetically you'd live longer if you were a normal person but mm-hmm, like at mm-hmm. what cost mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially when you could be like you could be getting more than enough exercise like dancing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Richard Simmonsing, pole dancing like pole dancing, yes. uh, uh, Zumba <laughs> <laughs> wait is that the what am I thinking of Zumba probably oh <laughs> I was like, uh, okay, wait, I just thought I was, I said like, there's something in my brain associated that with Roomba, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a jazzercising, like you can get more than I love a jazzercise, yeah. Doing things like that and you choose to like CrossFit, you choose to <laughs> run, that's disgusting and shameful. And then when they post it on their face, like their Instagram story or whatever, I'm like, do we, is this necessary information to be sharing? <laughs> like, I don't, this is so weird. Exactly. It's also interesting. It's like, do they know that it's like me personally opening up my Instagram <laughs> stories and seeing this run? Like, do they know that it's like, like women like us being like, what the fuck is this? This is very No, bizarre. literally. What I think is so funny is when men get like super, super buff and then they're like, <laughs> I can't believe women don't like buff guys. And it's like, yeah, we were telling that to guys like you well before you started doing steroids. Oh women like men who are shaped like software engineers. If no, you, I don't. I do. <laughs> I do. If you are shaped like a Marvel hero, good for you. But like, don't get mad when I'm not into it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, What's your mm-hmm. ideal male body type? Mm, like a tennis star or like a like a soccer player I don't know what that looks like it's just like lean but also still muscular like not too big not too big yeah I don't know wait tell me what are your favorite apps tell me I love Um, how this is like turned into like a dating a dating and love I love it I love it um (laughs) 
Okay, I like Hinge. Mm-hmm. I like I like the league sometimes. I mean, it's not not a terrible amount of thing. I've never tried it. Quantity. It's like three people a day. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Uh, I do like. I mean, like I don't know. Tinder and Bumble are okay. Tinder is a lot of trash to swipe through. Bumble, yes. I don't really believe in the whole like we're feminists, so we're making mm-hmm. women do all the work mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. Have you been on Raya before? I got waitlisted. <gasps> That is so rude. I actually, that's so, that's like actually fucked up. What do you mean? I, you know why? Sick and twisted. They're not, they're not onto like the TikTok. They don't know. Mm. They're dumb. But to be honest, I think it's like, I think it's really like they're losing steam. I think they're not going to be able to like, like, because for me, I can see everyone. I can see people on there. I see like some of the celebrities and stuff, but like you actually, like I think it's to match with people is like super rare because now it's like all these guys are on there just for friends and you're like I don't want to get it and then there's this weird like section for like work like networking and I'm like <laughs> no one is doing this for networking that's so weird like that's these girls so are gonna funny. wipe on me to like network that's so I hate that I hate that because it's so I clearly has something to do with like shoots when someone's like planning a shoot mm-hmm. oh I need like a makeup artist I need like, yeah, uh, uh, so like yeah. oh, no 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 I can't Ew. <laughs> yeah, I've never used raw. I mean, I, I do want it just to like swipe through, but I can't imagine. I mean, I would imagine Raya guys are not my type. I'm going to take a shot in the dark. All the you like, like to date like at least one um, celebrity. Sure, sure. I would yeah. love to see it. But like a cool celebrity. Who should I date? <laughs> I mean, like someone who would be like has a product. I like. I always think in my situation, I'm like, I like my mine's like a revolt, like a revolving, like door of men. Sometimes I think of about, course. but like, uh, <laughs> I think about like, I guess if if Jake Gyllenhaal didn't have like the French girlfriend, I do like that he has this like weird cat that looks like a crumpled up tissue. Ooh. So like that is something that I'm interested. I didn't in. know about any of that. But honestly, like, girlfriends don't count. I'm not yeah. saying that in terms of, like, oh, sleep with a guy who has a girlfriend. But, like, will a guy with a girlfriend break up with his girlfriend for you? Yeah, probably. Like, after one day of knowing you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, I, I always think of that line in Mistress America when Greta Gerwig is, like, like they're these, like, 18-year-olds, like, these, these freshmen in university are, like, you're going to commit adultery against me. And Greta Gerwig's like, adultery? You all should be fucking each other all of the time. Like, <laughs> what are these What are these rules that you put upon yourself? Like, and I think about all the, all the time is it's like, and I think about that with gr- girls I even know who are like not like 20 who have been like with someone for two years. And I'm like, what is wrong with you? Go out there. I beg of you, go out there and like see the world, like go and like move country, like, well, I have so many. I like really want to. We need to get a drink when I'm back. Yes. Oh, you're back like early, that. early September. I'm so. I'm in, in New York from the first to the fifteenth. Okay. Oh, love. Yeah. What do you want to promote or say to the people? Promote. Well, um, I am. Well, the happy hour comes out September seventh. That's internationally, so then you can order it through your local bookstore. Um, if you feel the need to follow me, I'm always at Marlo Tatiana. At, <laughs> at Marlo Tatiana at uh, on whatever and. 
I have the TikTok, you know, I'm trying. The last big TikTok I made was like when I had this goatee shirt and all the kids were commenting saying they were going to unalive me and rob me. <laughs> and I was like, sure. And they're like, girl, like I'm coming to your estate sale. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Love, like 500 comments, like threatening my life. Great. Love it. Welcome I love the kids, world. honestly. I love it. I know. I know. I want to talk. I, like, when we have drinks, we'll talk so much about oh, the, the over 75s. Mm-hmm, we must. I literally, that's been my go-to drink lately. And I think it's because of happy hour. I love that. And next you have to do the manzanilla sherry just for the, to end your meal. It's like a beautiful, I've okay. actually, Never seen, I've, I've, um, I had it because when I was just shortly, when I was 18 years old, I, um, had been flown out to a manor in Scotland. Lude out. <laughs> and um, I, like, when we were on the boat, like, we'd be on the boat for eight hours a day, like, just out there, like, fishing, kind of, but mostly drinking. And, like, the only way that you wouldn't, like, pee so often, because then every time you'd have to pee, you'd have to, like, dock on, like, a little tiny, like, inlet or whatever um the sherry was just so dry that you just never had to pee and then I just drank bottles and bottles of it because I was like this is my favorite thing ever I love it so much it's very like um it's almost like a little nutty but like it's like it's not very sweet it's like you have to get like the manzanilla sherry because it's like um it's like very like light colored it's not like a port it's okay it's very like nice and it's a digestive so it's an after dinner (laughs) noted for the next time I'm on the boat love it or just like working for too long and I don't yeah at a hotel bar you could just be like hey do you have any sherry and they'd be like oh like let me check (laughs) okay well I actually have to go on a date now so oh my god yes (laughs) let me know how it goes it's so good to talk with you this is so fun so fun and I'm looking forward to having French 75s yes martinis and then French 75s and the martinis again well, thanks for having me. This is so fun. Yes, thanks for being on. Have fun. Mwah. Bye. I hope you guys found this episode as gorgeous and fun as I did. I got to talk about so many things with Marlo that I don't usually get the chance to talk about in such depth, but like things that do mean a lot to me. So I hope they resonated with you guys as well. As always, you can follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter at GlamDemon2004, and you can follow the podcast Instagram at Let Me Ruin Your Life Pod and DM for questions, comments, requests, advice, compliments. Okay, fine. Oh, and give the podcast five stars, obviously. Love you, sexy. Bye bye.